Good morning. I am Dr. Wilhelmina, and each time I do a podcast, I'm talking with you about wellness topics or beauty reviews. Today, we'll be talking about a wellness topic, and we're going to have fun doing it. So today, I'm an expert at this topic. This is something I know very well, as I'm a uh, certified substance abuse counselor. And so this is my area. So, you know, talking with a family member about um, substance abuse is challenging. So whether your family member is abusing alcohol or other drugs, it can be difficult. But it is essential that you show your concern and support to that family member. We're going to talk about some tips. I've got a few tips here I'm going to give you to help you. We're not going deep into the woods about substance abuse. I'm actually going to give you 10 tips on dealing with this matter. First, I'll say I've, I've had several family members that have had substance abuse issues, whether it be alcohol or other drugs, and I know the challenge of trying to discuss this matter with them, it's not easy because, of course, they're going to be in denial. And even if they're not in denial, uh, it's not a subject they want to talk about. So first, you need to choose the right place and time. So being at a family gathering is not the right time. You've got plenty of people around. You've got noise. You want to just be able to concentrate in and have no distractions to talk about your concerns. And you don't want interruptions. Uh, That's number one. Number two, be compassionate. Don't be judgmental. I know you might have been mad about what they did the night before or maybe several nights before or or um, you want to blame or criticize. Don't do that. You're being supportive at this moment. Instead, express your love and concern for their well-being. I know I had a boyfriend once twice, once or twice I've had boyfriends, but this one was definitely struggling with his alcohol use. And I was so embarrassed one morning. I'm just going to tell you, but I was like, just so, so embarrassed and angry. Uh, He went out drinking the night before. I never saw him after. So I come out in the morning and I think, you know, I'm going to do this errand I needed to run. And there he is in his car, spitting. He had been spitting on the ground because slobber all over the ground. <laughs> and uh, he had food from a fast food restaurant sitting on the other passenger seat. But he's sitting there, passed out, door open, leg out the door, just passed out in the car. And I don't know how many of my neighbors saw this. So I was really embarrassed by it and 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 kind of angry. At that moment, it wasn't the time to talk about it because he wasn't even with it. So, you know, I had just helped him in to the house and went about my errands. But yes, you want to be compassionate, not judgmental at the time. But of course, we talked about it later. Uh, okay, number three. 
You want to use I statements. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and they're talking about you, 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 you? It throws you off, makes you not want to communicate with them. They're blaming you for all kinds of whatever maybe you did do. So use your I statements. I feel like this when you do this. I am concerned, you know, I've noticed you've been struggling lately and I'm worried about you. Uh, That puts them a little bit more off guard, not so guarded, and and it will help to not have an argument about this. You want them to listen. You don't want them to be trying to defend themselves. Four, listen actively. Give them a chance to express themselves without interrupting or rushing to provide solutions. So that includes solutions, but also rushing to make your point. Let them talk. Uh, This is probably the biggest thing I struggle with anyway in in a conversation. (laughs) Not rushing to provide my solution or my comment, letting them talk. So for those of us that do that anyway, yeah, this is going to be difficult, but make sure you listen actively. If you say anything, you're repeating back what they said. Okay, I, I, what I'm hearing is, is this what you're saying? You know, don't um, be so quick to put your two cents in. Offer support. Let them know that you are there to help and that they don't have to face their challenges alone. Maybe um, you help them to get an assessment for their use because you might think they have a problem. Maybe they don't. Uh, So helping them getting an assessment, going with them, sitting in the waiting room, you know, letting them go and take care of their business, but going with them so they don't feel so alone. Or maybe they just know they have a problem. Maybe they already were assessed. They know have an issue and they want to go to AA meetings or NA meetings and you can just drive them, drop them off, but you're probably not going to be able to go inside unless it's an open meeting. Uh, Meetings are usually closed because of the anonymity. So just driving them there, coming back and picking them up, that's support. So, uh, Number six is encouraging professional help. Suggest they seek a professional assistance, such as a therapist, a counselor, a support group, like I said, AANA, or to address for addressing their addiction. So you, the first thing you ever want to do is make sure you know for a fact that this person has a problem and they know for a fact that they have a problem, right? They may not tell you, but getting them an assessment to see where they lie. Maybe they just need some education classes on the use. Or, you know, they may not actually be alcohol or substance dependence dependent and might just need a little education. Maybe they abused on one night. Maybe they just misused it. So, um, yeah, sending them, getting them, sending is my thing. That's my job. But for you encouraging them to get an assessment is a good thing so they know where they lie. Setting boundaries. Be prepared to establish boundaries 
if their behavior negatively impacts you or others in your family. So for me, I had a child, so um, I definitely would not want my child to see that boyfriend in the car passed out. (laughs) It was an ugly sight. But if my child had seen that, it would have affected. She'd want to know what's going on. What's, you know, and kids aren't stupid. They know when there's a problem. They're very aware. So for me, I would set, I would need to set boundaries and not have that kind of behavior around my child. I can be supportive, but not have that around my, my young one. She was at the time. The next one, number eight, avoid enabling the individual, meaning helping them to get to that state. Avoid doing that, like providing money or covering up for their, their substance use or substance abuse, like maybe calling in for them. Remember back in the day, spouses could call in for their spouse. <laughs> they were not able to go to work. I don't think that works today, but um, covering it up in that way or covering it up from the family, um, giving them money. Maybe they're using cocaine. You know, that money goes fast before you know it. You're you're broke. And so giving them money to help them continue with the, the abuse is would be uh, enabling. Number nine, educate yourself. Learn about addiction and learn about available treatment options. You can share that with, with your partner or your family or your, your friend, whoever it is you're talking with about this. Um, that way you can better understand the situation. Like I said earlier, maybe they, they abused on one night and it was what they did was really embarrassing. Maybe they went to jail behind it, right? So getting them to... Um, you educating yourself and knowing what really is substance abuse is a good thing. And then you can speak with authority and know what you're talking about when you're talking to your, your, your family member, significant other, whoever it is. Stay patient. Number 10, stay patient and persistent. Recovery can be a long process. It's for life. Recovering from a substance, if you were dependent or abusing, recovering from that can be all your life. Some days it could be easy, but then that trigger can come where it just sneaks up on you and then a smell, a taste, an action, being around certain people, anything, it could bring it back. And then what they do then is up to them, but you staying persistent and being patient, relapses happen where they go back and use again those happen. So make sure that you continue to offer your support, even if they're resistant at first. So I just want to remind you to remember, it's not your responsibility to fix their addiction, but showing that you care and support can be crucial to motivating them to help, to getting, to getting help, to seeking help. and to make positive changes in their life. If necessary, seek guidance from a professional or support group for families dealing with addiction. So um, there are groups out there for, I believe Al-Anon is one for alcohol, but there's just research it and you'll find what you need. 
So today we talked about um, these challenges of family members or friends or close loved ones having a substance abuse issue and you being able to talk with them about it. So listen again if you need to, to remind you, write some stuff down. Like I said, research and find out about it so you kind of know what you're talking about. And then, you know, approach your family member in the right place and time. Like I said, not a big old family gathering or, you know, at, at work or, you know, at church even, you know, just off to the side, you and that family member. All right. I hope you enjoyed this topic and I hope it helps someone. If it helps one person, I'm happy. This has been Dr. Wilhelmina and I've enjoyed this. Have a beautiful day. Thank you.